재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Every week we invite Michelle Kong from the Seoul Global Center into the studio. She brings us a little thing called Did You Know? Facts, folklore, all kinds of trivia from Korea's past and present. Things that even sometimes the Koreans didn't quite know themselves. She's here with us once again. Michelle, how are you doing? Good morning, Kurt. So, uh, I understand President Moon headed to the White House recently. Mm-hmm. Met with the Donald. Sure. President Donald Trump. I can't... <laughs> it's it's funny to say that still it's still a new uh, mm. a novelty so uh however else that meeting went there's one very very important thing that took place from korea's standpoint uh and that's president moon kind of winning back custody of precious items from korea that's right do you know what these are I remember them. just quickly reading a news article about it. It's uh-huh. some, uh, uh, is it royal seals? That's correct. So is that the kind of thing that you would take and uh, seal a letter with wax or something? Mm, it's a little different from the Western um, concept of royal seal. I like a stamp. Yeah, it's uh-huh. like a, literally a stamp stamp. Right, so those two artifacts, um, these are a pair of royal seals dating back to the 1500s and the 1600s. Mm. Um, those were actually taken to the U.S. illegally, uh, probably during the Japanese occupation uh, or the Korean War. And these are the ro- royal seal of Queen Munjong, and the other one is royal seal of King Hyunjong. So this is when the royals would say, I hereby pronounce this. They would tap the seal on the bottom to mm. show that, uh, kind of like signing it. Sure, right. But there are two or three different types of royal seals. Okay. So um, these ones, uh, President Moon brought them with him. Uh, one is the gilded bronze seal. Uh, that's called Obo. Uh, this, this was made in the second year of the King and Myeongjong in 1547 to honor Queen Munjong. Okay. Uh, and then the other one is the royal seal of King Hyunjong. Uh, it's made of jade, and then it was created in 1651 to mark the installation of Hyunjong as the crown prince. So, uh, if you have seen the pictures mm. or the photos of these, uh, you can find they both have a square body and it's got a knob uh, and then the animal. Yeah. It's both of them are a turtle. I mean, if you picture it sort of holding it in your hands, it's about the size of your hand, sure. right? Uh, almost like a kind of a joystick or something like that yeah. uh, or a cylinder or a, a square cylinder. And you would hold it and, um, you know, just and stamp the piece of paper, right? Right, right. So when you go to a museum or um, any any um, opportunity, Probably you've seen a document, ancient document, with a huge stamp on, right? So So that's uh, what this is. Right. So the royal stamp represented the king's official approval. So there are different names to call the royal seal or a national seal. One is, I just briefly mentioned, obo or okse, or the other one is kukse. So Mm. se, po, these are generic terms for national seals. And kukse is the authority or of the country or the king's authority. And uh, a document would officially go into effect when this royal seal was stamped on the document. Truth be told, this culture has not changed all that much. I mean, Mm. nowadays you still stamp something with a seal to make it official. That's right. Do you have your own official seal? I never did. Uh, No, I, I, I should. Yeah. I, you know, I 
should go full native and get my, you know, some kind of Hangul or Chinese. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, for example, in, in modern life, like mm-hmm. let's say, I mean, if, if President Moon wants to make something official like a bill, he signs with a pen, right? Or does he do a seal? Uh, he would sign on the paper, but we do still have this kukse, mm. which was made probably during the uh, the, the former park uh, administration. Mm. Uh, so it says in Korean, mm. 대한민국, but all these royal seals we just found uh, mm. are written in the Chinese characters. So it's a bit of both. But if you're, say, closing on a, an apartment or something... Mm-hmm. And you use your chop, your seal. Mm-hmm. That's as good as a signature sure. in this culture. That's yeah. right. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the kukse uh, or albo, these two are a little different, like I said. Um, the first one, kukse, is the royal seal. Um, it's the official, um, it's used for official affairs, national affairs. But the other one, albo, could be given to king and then queen or crown prince or crown princess. Mm. And these are like self-identification. So this was not actually passed down to somebody else. And then after king or queen died, you know, their tablets are enshrined in the Jongmyo shrine. Okay. Uh, and uh, usually their obo was also enshrined with their tablets in Jongno. I mean, Jongmyo shrine in Jongno. And so these are pretty uh, high-level historical items. The, the logical question to ask is, how do they go missing? And how do they end up uh, in some museum or some, some private dealer's hands? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So these two specific Korean artifacts were uh, illegally carried out of the country uh, to one American living in Los Angeles. And there was an assumption that those were actually taken by U.S. soldiers during the Korean War. But uh, the American citizen claimed that he bought them from a Japanese guy. Mm. Uh, first, and then he sold these royal seals to the uh, County Museum of Art in Los Angeles in okay. 2000. So and these were like floating around on the secondary market, private market, uh, originally probably seized during some wartime raid <laughs> and ended up in private hands that way. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, in the 2013, the Korean government, actually the Cultural Heritage Administration, requested that the, uh, to investigate this circumstances surrounding these two artifacts because Korean government already believed these two seals were stolen out of a shrine in Seoul. Mm. Um, and then they just confirmed that they were real royal seals and after some legal procedures in the US and finally these stolen uh, royal seals are back where they belong. Where Um, is where they belong? Are they in a museum? Now? Yeah. Yeah, now they're going to be in a museum and then uh, there will be a special exhibition. Mm. Uh, You can actually see these royal seals in person. Probably the exhibition will be next month in August. Very cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So there's, but I mean, there's still a lot of these things kind of floating around out there that we don't know where they are, right? Sure. Right. Uh, so this is not actually the first time the Korean government retrieved its historical artifacts uh, along with the uh, U.S. government. This is the third case. If you remember, uh, Barack Obama, when uh, he visited Korea in 2014, he also brought some uh, cultural heritages, including nine royal seals, mm. including Abu and Enkukse. And uh, these were uh, taken out of Toksugung Palace during the Korean War by a U.S. Marine officer. So these um, heritages were kept by the officer's descendants until now. 
now. Mm. But after uh, the officer passed away, his wife realized the importance of these artifacts and uh, she expressed her wish to return them to their native country. So uh, that was the second case. And before that, the first Korean bill issued by King Kojong in 1893, it was also returned in uh, 2013. So there were three cases. But um, throughout the Japanese colonial period in the Korean War, many of Korea's cultural assets have been lost. If we uh, are talking about the royal seals alone. 412 royal seals were created, uh, but uh, 75 seals still went missing. Still, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Dozens. Okay. Um, So this is, these rare sort of success stories when they come back, something to celebrate here in Korea, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. All right. So in August, you said they will come back uh, to a museum. Which museum are they at? Uh, National Palace Museum of Korea. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a chance to take in some other royal history there as well. Right. So when we talk about all these artifacts, um, something we have to retrieve, but uh, um, there are many, like uh, some paintings or protocols and everything, but we cannot really uh, miss out on talking about this chikji. Mm. We've talked about it on this program before, actually. Mm-hmm. There was uh, his name at the moment slips my mind, but we had a guest, a foreigner who had spent uh, his last four or five years just campaigning actively to... Well, let's start. Let's back up. Uh, mm-hmm. Jikji, give us the sort of basic 411 on, on what it's about. All right. So, um, one of the uh, news outlet, news media outlet, reported that a movable metal type or a movable metal type printing was one of the uh, greatest inventions of the second millennium. Mm-hmm. Well, I totally agree because because of this, uh, we were able to spread information and then uh, it definitely influenced civilization. But uh, if I ask this question to the people probably in the West, mm-hmm. who was the first inventor of metal movable type? Well, obviously Gutenberg gets, the, uh, gets all the credit, credit. for that. Mm-hmm. I think if you ask a lot of people in Asia, too, they're going to say Gutenberg. Uh, Koreans probably know different. Uh But, um, yeah, I mean, Korea beats that by what, about 100 years, 200 years? Uh, Yeah, by record, um, 70, 80 years. 70, 80 years, Mm -hmm. okay. Right, so if I just give you a little more details about this, um, Gutenberg's 42-line Bible was uh, invented or printed in 1455, but uh, this is not the uh, first book printed with movable types. Mm-hmm. Uh, Korea, more accurately, during the Korea dynasty, um, used the movable metal type in the early 13th century. And it's recorded in the book called Dongguk Isangukjip that a compiled set of ritual books of the past and then present called Sangjong Gogum Yemun. This book was printed in the metal movable types in 1234. Yeah, that's like two full centuries before that's Gutenberg's right. Bible. Mm-hmm. But we don't have the actual book at the moment, so we just talk about this Chikji because this is the oldest existing metal printed book in the world. I see. Mm-hmm. So this is the only one we know to exist. And we should, uh, as we pointed out uh, in the past, Chikji refers to the title of the book, which is about some kind of Buddhist uh, mantras and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So Jik, it's, it, Jikji has almost come to be a shorthand for the movable type, although it's not technically 
the movable type itself, right? Mm, that's right. That's okay. right. Um, so, Chikji is just a short form of this original title. It's really, really long. That's the full title. I'm going to take Jikji as the short form sure. for that. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and then it's a shame. I mean, um, people only focus on this fact that Jikji is the world's oldest metal printed book, but not many people actually know what this book is about, mm. right? Um, so and it's actually sitting somewhere, right? I mean, we know it to exist, but it's not in Korea. Not in Korea. <laughs> Where would that be? <laughs> um, well, originally, people thought uh, or assumed 50 to 100 copies were printed when it first came out. But there's only one uh, original copy left, and that's kept in France. In France. Mm-hmm. In a, a prestigious place, right? Like a Sure. French National Library. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if you look at the uh, image, digitized image on the uh, on the website, you can see uh, the oldest exa- existing metal printed book in the world. That this is written on the cover of this book, Jigji. Somebody okay. just wrote that down, um, and uh, it's a long story how it ended up in France. How did it? Uh, in 1886, Korean and France concluded this treaty of friendship and commerce and navigation. And the first French ambassador to Korea, he was a collector. So he collected lots and lots of uh, old and rare books and artifacts. And then Chikji is thought to have been uh, taken to France with him. Uh, but there's no actually um, evidence that he actually bought it. And anyways, after his death, his collection was auctioned. And then a very famous um, collector, Henry Weber, he bought Jigji. And then by his will, uh, the book was donated to the National Library of France. And then it was just uh, kept there, covered with dust. Then it was rediscovered by a Korean historian, Dr. Park Pyeongsan. Who worked as a uh, worked as a librarian at the uh, French National Library? Uh, Dr. Park, Park Byung-sun. Mm-hmm. All right, and then did Dr. Park uh, spread the word about uh, Jikji and start sort of a campaign about it? Oh, uh, sure. Um, like I said, it was rediscovered in 1967 by this Korean historian. Um, she was. The uh, very first female who studied abroad, and uh, she was the one who found a chikji in the French library, and uh, she proved. Her- uh, hang on, stop, stop, just a second. This is 1967, and that she's the first Korean female to study abroad. Yeah, study in France. If I have to be more careful, you study yeah. in France. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> I was about mm-hmm. to say that's a bit late. Uh, gonna, okay. Well, no. Uh, All right. I, I'm just—it's an amazing kind of thing that somebody, a, a woman, is not studying abroad until. Um, 1967 right, right. She, or thereabouts. Mm, so she studied at the Seoul National University here in Korea, but uh, right after the Korean War, she just moved to uh, France to study more. And then it's really interesting. Her um, professors actually told her um, she might come across some of the lost national treasures taken in France in the library. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, of course, she had to study. So she went to the library, but at the same time, she was just uh, going through 30 million books and writings over 13 years there. So she was on a little bit of a mission to find some of these these treasures. Mm, I think so. So after all these years, she finally found the Chikji and another 297 Uigue or uh, royal protocols of the Joseon dynasty. These were uh-huh. all covered in dust and these were misclassified as Chinese books. 
Well, they were written in Chinese characters, weren't they? Sure. So that's, you know, a, a relatively easy mistake to make mm. superficially. Right, right. Um, but uh, she researched on this book and then found various proofs that Chikji was printed with movable metal type. Uh, first evidence is a postscript of the late, last page of this book. It says, Chuja. That means uh, metal type. Mm. And then if you see uh, uh, one uh, printed letter, that's 날일. But anyways, that is upside down the printed letter uh, is shown in many, many, on many, many pages throughout okay. this book. So that is the evidence. If um, it's handwritten, you couldn't really find the upside down uh, letter, right? Sure, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So, um, anyways, Chikji was displayed in the uh, World Expo in, in 1972 in Paris mm. on the occasion of uh, World Book Year. And a lot of um, experts recognized the value of the book. Mm. So, she notified the result to the Korean embassy and then Korean reporters uh, residing in France. And from that moment, her struggle against the French. Uh, colleagues and then uh, the government started. This has been going on for quite some time then. 1972 Mm -hmm. is when the book sort of saw light of day in terms of lots of people getting their eyes on it. Right. And here it is 2017 and it's still sitting around in France. That's right. Uh, Fortunately, we have this 297 copies of the ancient um, royal documents. Uh, when uh, during the uh, Korea-France summit meeting, French president brought one copy of Uigwe to negotiate with us. Because okay. uh, at that time, uh, it was just trying to win the bidding for a contract to export its high-speed train. And then they just promised they would return the full volumes back to Korea if they won the bidding. Did uh, they not win the bidding? They won, okay. But um, actually, the the uh, National Library uh, in France uh, strongly opposed to this idea, just returning them the the books back to Korea. So it took many many years. Nineteen years later, and this is the Uigwe, 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 mm-hmm. which eventually did get returned, right? Yeah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So why can't we go through the same process with Chikchi? Uh, because there's a proof that Uigwe was actually looted by the French troops. Uh, that's why they were able to come back. But uh, friends claims there's no evidence Chikji was stolen. Um, and then they claimed that Chikji was actually purchased. But like I said, there's no evidence the book was actually bought. It's interesting. I it, wonder, mm-hmm. yeah. What, what uh, makes me wonder why there's such an attachment to this particular volume in France. Um, mm-hmm. You would think... That at some point, you know, at the the sidelines of the G20 or something, Moon could talk to uh, Monsieur Macron or somebody like that and say, hey, come on, let's work (laughs) this out. Let's get this book back, you know, mm. um, to to where it uh, rightfully belongs, even if it's structured as an exchange or something. Right. Um, and then remember Al Gore in the digital forum in 2005, he made this interesting statement about Chikji. I don't remember that. Oh, really? Um, while the West mistakes Gutenberg as the inventor of the metal movable type, the technology was influenced by the Goryeo dynasty in Korea, based on the fact he learned in a museum of Switzerland. Al Gore knows what time it is. 
Koreans came up with this stuff first. Although we have to say uh, they were still printing for a long time in uh, Chinese characters. It took them a while. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, let's, what's the timing on Jigji? This predates uh, King Sejong and uh, Hangul, of sure, course. Sure. So later on, combining movable type and the sort of modularity of Hangul, you've got basically uh, a, a renaissance mm. for, for literacy in right. Korea. Right. So um, there is a documentary about Chikji, you know, um, based on this uh, Al Gore's comment on Korea Dynasty's influence on Gutenberg. You can actually find interesting facts about Chikji. Isn't it just called Chikji? Uh, the movie? The movie? Uh, Dancing with Chikji. That's it, Dancing with Chikji. Mm-hmm. I'm dying to see that. That's yeah. a relatively recent documentary. Yeah, it's it? still uh, screening at the theaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think the average Korean knows a lot about uh, Jigji? I don't think so. Do you think Probably. they know that Korea invented movable type? Yeah, I think so. It's how we taught, how we are taught yeah. uh, at school, right? Well, because it was a ver- it was a pretty nondescript part of the. Um, book fair. I went to the International Seoul Book Fair, you know, the big thing at Coex mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. And they had this, th- there's apparently a whole Jikji Museum All here right. in Korea and a, like a movement. Mm-hmm. And they had a, a, a great little exhibit with models of the machine and some of the examples of the printing. Um, but it was it was like this quiet little booth. It wasn't uh, like a whole lot going on there. Mm. You know, so I think... There needs to be a little bit more of a um, a groundswell of, yeah. of Jikji passion here in Korea, especially when you consider that, uh, you know, along with these royal seals and along with these other things that are floating around the world, they're, they're missing because at some point along the line, Korea got stiffed on something, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these things have gone out of Korean territory because of war right. or because of raids or colonialism. Mm-hmm. And especially a colonial power like France, uh, who has been the beneficiary of right. such unfair development, probably should recognize that, I right? I think so. I hope so. What was interesting about our guest, I, I still can't remember his name, but he was on this one-man sort of uh, expat quest to convince France to uh, turn it over. He spent years doing it. Okay. Then I think he finally um, kind of gave up the ghost on it uh, a year or two ago. But he didn't start uh, any real social media platforms around oh, it, which I think is a tremendous mistake right. in this day and age. Um, if somebody... Perhaps if a Korean wants to pick up the torch and start uh, start that up again, they should establish a social media platform and get Jikji back. Michelle, interesting stuff. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for having me.